Oh my gosh. gosh. I, this is giving me anxiety. I'm not, not (laughs) how do you deal with anxiety? Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Here we go. It's probably a good thing that I don't have a a drink here, but I feel like I could use like a a vodka soda or something. We should have made one. Next time we need a plan. We need a plan cocktails. We need to have a happy hour, uh, a happy hour (laughs) podcast. I feel like that one needs to be live on Facebook though. When we do that one so people can join us. For sure. Yeah. Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast, where no ask is ever too big. I'm Tara Renzi. And I'm Brooke Run. We are on a mission to give women confidence to rise and be bold, ask for what they desire, and be who they came to be. But if you want all that, you're going to have to put a little ask into it. We know that all asks come in different shapes and sizes, but the bigger the ask, the bigger the win. Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast. Welcome back to the Big Ask Podcast, the second edition of our Mother's Day special where we're asking all the questions. I'm Tara Renzi. And I'm Brooke Run. We're so excited to be with you guys today. We got so many incredible questions on the last podcast that we thought, let's just finish them off and do the rest of them, right? I and mean, that was so fun. It was so fun. And we're going to do this a little bit different. We're going to tell you in a second how we're going to do this different, but we have to give a huge shout out to Dr. Brown over at Vitruvian Health for treating one of our viewers to the Ultimate Mother's Day package, Assault Facial, Juvederm, and Botox. Jen Peters was the lucky winner. There is a way for us to do applause on on the podcast, but now I've got, we've got our mics plugged in and everything, and I can't figure out how to access it. Yeah, we got a lot of things going on. We can just do our own thing. Just like, way to go, Jen. Golf clap. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she is one lucky winner. Let me tell you, we've got so many incredible entries, but I have to brag on, like you said, Dr. Brown and Vitruvian because he's incredible. I mean, he is just just a phenomenal doctor. They have an incredible injector there. She's in, I mean, just the best hands. So I'm really excited for see her mommy day of pampering. So good for her. I know. I know. I'm a little jealous, a little bit of FOMO. I've had, you've had the salt facial. Yes, which is amazing. Oh my gosh, I have too. It is absolutely an incredible treatment. And the glow afterwards, the glow up is real. It is. It is very, very real. And I wish it's something that we could duplicate on a weekly basis, right? But what's different about the salt facial than a normal facial is it really has this just incredible exfoliation process, which gives you that glow. Like, I feel like it takes years off your face, like fine lines and stuff like that. And I'm so excited for her. I know. Well, thank you again, Dr. Brown and Vitruvian Health. We love you. We do. We love you. We're so excited for her. Okay. So how are we doing this today, T? Okay. Well, you know, we, we love to talk why we started a podcast. <laughs> yes, we do. We have lots to say, don't we? <laughs> we, we do. You know, you, you do have to like wonder people who start podcasts are like, you yeah, know, they, they like to talk. They, they like to talk. Things to say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was the kid who always got in trouble for talking in school. Yeah, me too. And I, it's funny. Oh, yeah, definitely. And my little guy, non-stop talking. I mean, it's hilarious how it gets carried down to your kids. <laughs> you know, Ben, this year he said, he goes, Mom, this is the first year 
in my entire life that I haven't been sent to the principal's office for talking. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Wow. Eighth grade. Way to go, kid. (laughs) We're heading to high school. That is so funny. I'm sure Maverick will be sent to the principal's office a few times for talking over his school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we love to talk. So we thought, you know, there's something about brevity and just being concise. So we have a, we're challenging each other to answer the question in 30 seconds. I wish I had a buzzer. Meh. Time's up. (laughs) You want to get my timer set on my phone here so we can get that set up? All right. Yeah, that would be fun. I think that would be fun. So 30 seconds, be brief. We've got 10 more questions that we're going to rapid fire through just for the moms, just to have some fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. So I'm going to ask you the first question, T, okay? Let me get my timer set up here for 30 seconds. and Let's see what you got. Make it good. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. How to deal with moody teenagers. First off, they are teenagers and they are supposed to be moody. So we always just try to have fun with it. And we also remind them whenever they're moody that they can have choose their mood and be whatever, but they cannot be disrespectful. So I think that's really important. A little joke, a little bit of lightheartedness, but being moody does not mean being disrespectful. And as a parent, you have to stand your ground. Boom, you did it. Nice job. Oh my gosh, I did it. Okay. Did okay. It. okay. I'm having like you know, flashes over here. This Are you is sweating like, over there, T? Are you sweating? I okay. I think I'm on like a game show or something. I, I know. Okay. okay. Now I ask you, how do you deal with moody kids? Okay. So actually I'm living this right now. My daughter's 10 and she's going on 13. And so like what you said is we allow her, them to feel a certain way, but you can never be disrespectful. You are totally okay to have your own feelings. Your kids can have bad days. And I think sometimes as parents, we forget that. And so I allow her and my son to have their moods that they have to be respectful. They can't be disrespectful to us or each other. So I think that's really important because it's normal. We all have different moods, right? Okay. You ready for your second can I get a round of applause? <laughs> Okay, ready? Here we go. Okay, I'm going to go first. I'm going to ask okay. you this time. Okay, we'll, we'll switch back and forth, okay? Okay. Okay, question number two. How do you let your kids fail without always coming to their rescue? Okay, so this is a great question, and it's hard. It's really tough. You know, my kids are still pretty young, so their fails are pretty minor at this point. But I think we need to let them experience certain things and allow them to learn coping skills. I think it's really important, especially right now, is a lot of kids are lacking coping skills in a lot of situations. And so even just little things like we know they're going to fall, we know they're going to like crash their bike. I mean, just little things where we know they're not going to be injured, but we allow them to fail. We allow them to learn coping skills. So I think that's really, really important. I did that. (laughs) Okay, T, for how about you? How do you allow your kids to fail without coming to the rescue. So my grandmother told me when I was a kid, it's only a mistake if it happens twice. The first time was just a lesson that you needed to learn. And as parents, how they view a failure is really gonna be so much based on how we react to any situation. So even when they were little, when they would fall down, I would not overreact. And now that they're older, it's always about, what did you learn from this? You know, and I remind them it was a lesson that they needed to learn and how are they gonna move forward? We learn from mistakes and failures, and so we have to give them that ability to do it. It's so good. Oh, we even heard the <laughs> we even heard the beat today. Oh my, oh my gosh! 
I, this is giving me anxiety. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> how do you deal with anxiety? Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Here we go. It's probably a good thing that I don't have a, a drink here, but I feel like I could use like a, a vodka soda or something. We should have made one. Next time we need a plan. We need a plan cocktails. We need to have a happy hour, uh, a happy hour podcast. I feel like that one needs to be live on Facebook though. When we do that one so people can join us. For sure. Year. Yeah. For sure. Okay. You ready for the next question? Mm -hmm. How do you not spoil your kids? I do spoil my kids, you know, but I spoil them in ways that with love. And we also, though, I, our kids have to work for things and we, we are trying to teach them the value of money, of hard work, of appreciation. And so I think you can give your kids things without spoiling them if you're teaching them to be appreciative and to be a hard worker. Mm -hmm. Agreed. You did so good. Even five seconds left on that one. Five seconds left. Okay. So how, how do you not spoil your kids? I spoil my kids as well. However, we do have a chart for our kids. So our kids, we teach them responsibility. They have to get up and make their beds. They have to do certain things around the house. They do have to earn things. But I think spoiling my kids, I probably tell my kids I love them 50 times a day. I give them tons of kisses, lots of hugs. I want them to feel loved and safe and all the things. But I also want to teach them responsibility, which is why we have a chart that we do on a daily basis with them. And then they earn something at the end of each week. Did it. Boom. <laughs> Wait, by the way, this is, this is an extra, this is an extra, a freebie, if you will. We got this thing called Greenlight, which is an app. And it's basically a card. It's called the Greenlight app. And basically the kids get an allowance as they're older. And then they can use the green light to purchase things. It teaches them savings. They have to give some to charity. And this has been a really good way for us not to spoil them, right? And to say, hey, well, you've got your green light card. You've got your money. And they, they have to choose to do stuff. Or if they want like a super expensive pair of shoes, I'll be like, hey, I'll, I'll go halfway with you. Yeah. And so the green light card has been awesome because the money's actually there for them to see. And then you can tie it to chores and all kinds of stuff. It's so crazy. This is an extra tip as well. It's so crazy that you're bringing that up because I was actually talking to my hairdresser yesterday. I was getting my hair done and I was talking to her because she has an older, her kid's in college. She just went to college. And I said, how do you teach your daughter responsibility when it comes to money? I think it's really important to start that at a very young age. You know, for my kids, they don't have a full concept of money. They know daddy and mommy work really hard, but I also want them to understand like responsibility when it comes to finances. And she mentioned that card. She mentioned, yeah, she mentioned the green light card. She's like, awesome. so many parents have had just such success with teaching their kids how to budget and how to be responsible and all those things. So I'm going to look into that for Ellie. Yeah. In fact, yesterday, Jack said, I need to move some of this money over to my savings and green light. So I'm not tempted to spend it. And uh, I was like, oh, good idea. Son. Good that's idea. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay. I love that tip. Okay. You're next. Okay. How do you make it look so easy, Brooke? Okay. Here is a secret. It's not. <laughs> it's not. I mean, I, I think balance is BS. I don't think you'll ever develop balance when it comes to career, being a mom. There are some roles where I'm really good at one day and then the next day I'm not good at. Like, I feel like I just do the best I can, but it's not easy. And I think like social media is such a highlight reel. You don't share all the things that are going on in your life and that's okay. But whatever you're doing, give yourself grace and know you're doing the best that you can. Boom. Boom. Okay. Practice before the show. No, I did it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. How do you make it look so easy, Tara? Gosh, just like you, it's not easy, but oh. here's the secret. 
I always choose how I show up. And even when I'm having a bad day or even when everything's going wrong, I really am trying to be mentally fit enough to work through my own emotions. So I'm not putting those on other people. And again, I give myself grace. And there's days where I, you know, I just say, hey, I'm enough the way I am. And I do want you to know it is a highlight reel because just like everyone else, I struggle with being a mom, with being a wife, with being an entrepreneur, all of it. Yep. Love it. You did so good. Okay. Here we go. Next one. Okay. <clears throat> How do you teach empathy? I love this question. I love a lot of these questions, but I love this question specifically. One of the things as a mom is I really wanted my kids to understand how to empathize with other people. And so right now I am teaching that with them. I mean, I've taught it with them the whole entire life, but right now specifically because they're fighting constantly. Okay. My kids, my daughter, like I said, she's like going on 13 and she doesn't want to mess with her brother. So she's kind of mean to him. And I always have to say to her, how do you think it makes him feel? right? I have to teach them how to relate to each other's feelings. It's really important that you can see how what your actions and what you're doing is making somebody else feel. And so by them analyzing that in the relationship right now and how they, their actions impact others and how others feel and how to connect is really important. So, yeah. yeah, this is a hard one. I remember my friend Lindsay said, telling a kid to be empathetic is like telling them to be patriotic. Like they're <laughs> like, what does that mean? Yeah. And this is this is a really learned skill because I don't I think kids can understand empathy, empathy when it comes to kindness when they they do something nice for someone that makes them feel good, but it's hard for them to understand when someone else is hurting or maybe something's not fair, and so this is just something that we constantly as parents have to be doing all the time, and we have to be showing them empathy as well, right. teaching them to be good listeners, teaching them to look out for other people. And it's hard for siblings because they naturally just, you know, they, they fight. They do. Right. So I think this is we just it's something that we have to keep teaching and talking about continually. And that's how we teach empathy. It's some it's a learned skill over time. Yeah. And I think what you said too is like you teach by example. I think if you can show them empathy, right? Like if they're going through something or they're telling you a story and you can tell there's feelings behind that, it's good to empathize with them because they learn that skill as well. So I love yeah. that. Okay. Am I, are you next or am I next? You can. You can so fun, by the way. Maybe we should do like a game show. I've never done one of those before. <laughs> Rapid fire game show. Rapid fire. We should kind of get on a game show. That'd be fun. Okay. So is it me or you? You ask me. Okay. How do you get kids to eat a well-rounded diet? I do not short order cook around my house. I will say that Jack is my picky one. And so I will change things up sometimes just because I know that I want him to eat. But I never cooked separate meals for everyone in my family. And I also made my kids eat the school lunch. Now, our school has a really good lunch, but that made them more well-rounded eaters because I saw their kid, their friends trying things and doing things. And they had the salad bar and they had all this stuff. So we just, you know, we never short order cooked. And what mama ate and what daddy eats is what they eat. Yep. I love that. I love that. Okay. How does that get? The, I got the timer on you, girl. I thought I had proven myself by now. I know. I probably should just turn that off. So, how do I get my kids to eat a well-rounded diet? Is I am a short order cook. <laughs> you are. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's terrible because I have Nick and Maverick as such picky eaters. I mean, they hardly will, Maverick would eat chicken nuggets every day of his life. So what I'm doing now is we have a chart, which I said, and part of that chart is try new things. You have to at least try a bite of something new every time we eat one time. 
And then you can decide yay or nay, but I will keep reintroducing the thing over and over again, but you have to continue to try it. There are some things where Maverick was like, heck no, I don't want this. But then he would try it and be like, oh my gosh, mommy, I love it. So I think it's just introducing things into your kids. Like my kids are younger. So introducing them to new things all the time is really important. Yeah, this is hard because there's always, Ben is not a picky eater. He would eat anything and everything. And like we, as a young kid, he would like want sushi and like, that's Ellie. you know, he loves vegetables and all the stuff where Jack literally turns his, I mean, he was the kid who ate chicken nuggets all the time. Mm-hmm. And then he decided he liked asparagus and shrimp. And yes. then he real, realized he really didn't like those. Yes. And don't you feel like, too, like Maverick's my picky eater. Ellie will eat anything, like loves sushi and all those things. But don't you think as they get older, like they get a little bit more of a well-rounded diet? I feel like as moms, we put so much pressure on our kids to like eat the avocado and eat all these things. But the reality is they're not going to eat that way forever. They're not going <laughs> to live off mac and cheese forever, right? They might. I mean, <laughs> I was a picky eater when I met him and I was like, Dude, you got to start eating some more vegetables and like yes. get up. He didn't eat sauce on anything. Yes. Yeah. Nick is so He would so eat a picky. dry hamburger. Yeah. That's Nick. That's weird. Yeah. That is weird. I know. Jack doesn't like sauce. Yeah. Maverick eats ketchup. Everything's ketchup. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Ketchup? I love, I love condiments. I love sauce. I love dips. All of it. Give me. Give me all the options. I want everything. What you got? Pass it around here. I want to see it. Okay. Okay. Here's one for you. Okay. Because you're more in this phase now. Mm-hmm. How do you meet other moms at school without looking like the crazy lady? Okay. This is so funny. So my kids are at a new school. They just started last year. And what I've learned is you have to volunteer. Like you have to volunteer for things. Like I have not taken the leap of being a room mom yet because that's a huge commitment. But I do volunteer for like the parties and and just get, you know, in front of the other moms and stuff like that. Like I'm part of now of this uh, mom group at the school. And so I'm meeting parents that way. My husband started the basketball coach for the fourth grade girls. So I've met a lot of the moms who I love so much and developed relationships that way. It's just putting yourself out there, doing the volunteer, try to get involved in sports, stuff like that. And you'll slowly but surely meet some moms that you really connect with. Okay. Volunteer. You have to volunteer and go to the the parties if you can, even if you're a working mom. I had a rule that I didn't volunteer for things unless my kid was present because I was working and I wanted that to be like quality time. But as your kids get involved in sports, you'll meet the moms. You have the opportunity to meet people, go to the mixers, all that kind of stuff. But also don't put a ton of pressure on yourself. Like we have only room for so many relationships in our lives and your best friends do not need to be other moms at the school. Right. You know, you need to have quality time with the people and the women that you love to spend time with. However, I will tell you that some of my really great friends have become, you know, are my kids' friends' moms. Right, right. So just yeah, I love out there that. and introduce yourself. That's right. Get out there. You know, you're not going to look at a crazy mom. Just get out there and meet people, be you, and you'll find some really good relationships. So I agree. Absolutely. Okay. T, how do you deal with bad behavior? You spank them. Spank <laughs> them. Just so you know, I was never, I, we never spanked our kids. Although I got spanked as a kid. Did you? Uh, very few times, but yes, I did. I, I was spanked just a few times and it was never like a hard spank. It was no, more of like a humiliating spank. No. Yeah. I mean. Spanking is so 1982. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. So how do you deal with the bad behavior? So most of our bad behavior usually happened at talking at school or something like that. And so a couple things. One, I always made my kids write an apology letter to the teacher. 
which was something that drove them absolutely crazy. And they would be like, mom, no one else is writing an apology letter. I'm like, listen, you need to be accountable for your actions. And so I think so much of bad behavior is really just holding them accountable for their actions and teaching them the right way. Um, we've never had to like seriously ground our kids, like where they're grounded from something. I, I feel like the bad things that my kids have done have been kind of trivial, you know, like bad behavior. They're not mean kids. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's really holding them accountable. They have lost privileges and, you know, their, their access to their phone or whatever it might be, but pray tell that they have not gotten in horrible trouble yet. But we usually talk about bad behavior. We do Talk the same. through it. Yeah, we do the same. So what we do is we usually discuss the bad behavior with our kids. Just, you know, we get the full story first. We try to figure out, you know, like both sides of everything, what's going on, what happened, and try to really discuss the situation with them so that way they can look at those things. We're not quick to like discipline and, you know, all those kind of things. We really just communicate. But I think that we also, you know, teach our kids that you're going to make mistakes, you know, you're going to do things and we don't want to reprimand them all the time for those kind of things. So for us, it's mainly just discussion. But if it is bad enough, they will lose a privilege. You know, like Maverick this year has worked towards getting a dune buggy at the end of the year if he was good <laughs> through school. So like every day he's like, did I get my dune buggy today, mom? I'm like, yeah, you did, buddy. You know, so we try to reward good behavior. So that entices yes. to do the good behavior and then discuss the bad behavior. Yes. Again, I mean, we haven't had any major trouble, but um, what's the biggest, well, we've got a little bit of time here. Tell me about the biggest, like, what was the biggest thing that you ever got? And like, or you don't have to tell us what you got in trouble for, but what was the biggest punishment or whatever? Like, do you remember as a kid? I'm trying to remember for me. I, I just never got into trouble. Just kidding. I never got caught. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, my mom took me out of Girl Scouts. This is actually a hilarious story. Oh my so we do have some time. So I'm going to tell you guys a story. So when I was in fourth grade, I was in Girl Scouts. And our Girl Scout leader, her name was Doe. Yeah, Doe. Yeah. And um, we were going to a pool party after school. And so I had my group of friends. We were talking all about it. And I said, let's wear our bathing suits to school. Right? Let's wear our bathing suits to school. Well, for me, like my mom always checked my outfits before I left for school. So I was obviously wearing clothing over my bathing suits. Well, a couple of the girls wore bathing suits to school and that was it. And so I got in trouble and my mom took me out of Girl Scouts. Like it was big enough. Like, I don't know if she was like super embarrassed or didn't know how to like handle the situation, but <laughs> I was in trouble because I was the one who instigated people wearing their bathing suits to school but I'm like, obviously, you need to wear clothing over them, you know? Oh I mean, like, God. yeah. So I got removed from Girl Scouts. And I that has, like, traumatized me since I was little because I loved Girl Scouts. I loved connecting with those girls, doing projects and all the activities. Yeah, it was that was my Is biggest. Ellie in Girl Scouts? She was, yeah. She She's done, decided to do more sports. We just can't do it all. But she was in Girl yeah. Scouts and she loved it. So that was my biggest thing. And clearly it stuck with me. Gosh. <laughs> Again, that, I mean, you are, everybody wear your bikini to school. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, it wasn't even a bikini. We're in fourth grade, for goodness sakes, you know, like put on a t-shirt and shorts. I mean, it was crazy. How did their parents let them out of the house with a swimsuit on? I don't know. But I was called to the principal's office. I mean, it was a big deal, you know, and I was like, I mean, common sense, like you wear shorts and a t-shirt and then we take that off and go to the pool, you know, like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. What was your biggest thing? 
again, you know, we never, I never, I don't remember ever getting in big trouble, but uh, back to accountability. When I was young, I, when we, we lit, there was a little gas station that was like across the field from the house I lived in. It was a filling station. Uh-huh. And I came home and I was chewing gum and my mom's like, where did you get that gum? Mm-hmm. And I just looked at her and she was like, you stole the gum, the Wrigley spearmint, didn't you? Oh. I, like, I just started crying. Oh. And she made me go to my piggy bank and I had to get, you know, 50 cents out and I had to walk over and she watched me from the front porch, walk over and tell them that I stole the gum, that I was sorry and I wanted to pay for it. And it was so humiliating. (laughs) I never stole, I've never stolen anything again. Like I literally could never commit a crime or anything. And I think it's back to the Wrigley experiment. Yeah, it goes back. But this is what we do for our kids now. It's always about accountability. That's right. And, you know, apologizing and doing whatever. They have written many, many Apology notes to yes. Well, yes. Let's yeah, and we've done that as well. I think that's talking in school. I'm sorry for being disrespectful. Yeah, you know, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, and we've done that as well. Like Maverick, you know, he maybe accidentally pushed a kid down at school, got trouble for it from when he's playing sports. You know, knock somebody down. We have them write apology letters because it is important. Again, this teaches accountability. It also teaches a little bit of empathy too. Right? Yeah, for people to well, and a little bit about being humble and admitting that's you're right. wrong. That's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> So we got was- two more questions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to okay. ask you first. Okay. Um, what do you do when you when you and your husband don't see eye to eye on parenting? How do you guys handle that? Okay, so this is uh, this is something that happens often, actually. You know, Nick and I have very different parenting styles. Um, but what I've learned is is that I don't talk about it in that moment. This is something that I allow Nick to parent how he's going to parent. And then we discuss it later, not in front of the kids, because I think ultimately our kids need to see us as a team, as a unit. And I don't want to bring it up in that moment because it creates division. Okay. So I want my, our kids to understand mommy and daddy fully support each other. I may not love the decision that he made, but we'll definitely discuss it after. And we'll try to figure out and see eye to eye on things, but we do have different parenting styles and we've had to really figure out how to work around that. And, you know, and we're, we're starting to, as the kids are getting older, it's getting easier. So it's getting better. Good. How yeah, it is. Well, I agree with what you said. We always come as a united front, mm-hmm. even though behind the scenes, we, we, we do parents differently. We have different, you know, different things that we think are important or valuable or that we really, you know, want to stress. Um, and actually, as the kids have gotten older, there's been some kind of big things that have come up lately that, um, so one thing that I always do is if we're not on the same page, I always assume a misunderstanding, which is this great piece of advice that I got. I've always assumed a misunderstanding where I'm like, Hey, I feel like we have a misunderstanding here with this issue that's going on with Jack. Let's talk about it. And that really creates a, a, a calm level playing field for us to, to talk about it and how we want to handle the situation. But I do think this, you know, never being like your father, your mother, especially as um, I grew up in a divorced family. And so it was always, well, your mother did this or well, your father did this, which then it puts it on the kid. So I do think the united front is super important. And then assume a misunderstanding, talk about it and come to some sort of resolution because this is how we come up with great ideas too, is that knowing that it's not my way or the highway. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's really important that as parents and as a married couple, you feel heard. You know, I think that, you know, if you don't agree, talk about it behind closed doors, not in front of the kiddos, and then make sure each other are heard. You know, I think that's really important. Okay. One last question, which is a fun one. How do you embarrass your kids? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, my kids, 
I mean, they, it's always a good embarrassment, but you know, I mean, I am just one of those people who's affectionate, loving. And so giving him hugs or anything like that's always embarrassed them. But lately, you know, as they, as they've gotten older, they are on, um, my oldest son is on Instagram and a bunch of his friends follow me now. And so, you know, he'll be like, mom, you cannot post that picture of yourself. Like I posted this meme the other day that was like, post your selfie, talk about your side hustle, you know, show us your kids, post a thirst trap. And he goes, please do not post a thirst trap. Please, please, mom, do not. I love it. I go, so I can't put a picture of myself up in a swimsuit. He's like, I mean, I'd appreciate if you didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I know. So I've been doing something new with my hair. I've been air drying. And so I was talking to Maverick the other day and I said, I think I'm going to air dry my hair. And he's like, okay, what does that mean? I said, you know, when it gets really big and curly like that, I said, and then I'm going to drop you off at school tomorrow, open the door and wave goodbye to you with my hair like that. Mom, please don't do that. I mean, you know, and I was like, I was just kidding. So like every time I wear it curly now, he's like almost like, are you going to wave to people whenever you drop me off? I'm like, no, bud. But like what you said, I mean, I'm very affectionate. I'm very loving. I try to, you know, and it does. It's embarrassing. Mom, we're in public. Mom, people can see you kissing me, you know, and all that, all those things. So oh, no. that's how but, I know. You know. That's a good embarrassment. It's not it like is. you're showing up drunk at the school and, um, With the big you hair. know. Yeah. And in a, in a swimsuit. <laughs> exactly. In a swimsuit, no shorts, no t-shirt, throwing it back to fourth grade. I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, they're so cute. It's, it's, it's all in good intentions. So it is. It yeah. Is. Well, this was a fun little episode. Yeah. Rapid fire questions. We, so we've got more questions coming. In fact, our next episode, we are solidifying having Dr. Brown on to ask the doctor, which is going to, create I cannot wait to see the questions we get and you guys are going to love Dr. Brown cuz he's so funny. We also have a real estate agent lined up, a financial person to ask like finance questions. Yes. And we really want to know like what do you guys want us to ask? What do you want us to talk about? And Brooks had some fun ideas of us like going out and making big asks. Yeah, I thought it'd be fun um, like, if we just like making big asks of ourselves. Yeah, we got some big asks, but I think that it'd be fun to like go to like restaurants and just ask people random questions about what are their big asks, you know, like those shows you see on TV and just like talk to people out in the public. So we might do like a fun show like that too. So we've got a lot of things up our sleeves that we're super excited about. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And I love you, Brooke. I love you too. This has just been so fun. So And you're a great mom. And you're an amazing mom. And honestly, your mom, if you're worried about being a good mom, you're already a great mom. So just give yourself yeah. grace, love yourself through it. Your kids love you. They're resilient. They forgive all the things. You're doing the best you can. Absolutely. Yes. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. I hope you enjoyed our Mother's Day episode where we asked little questions, big questions, because we know that no ask is ever too big or small. So keep asking the questions and we want to know, what do you want to ask next? 